Then, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On the first Easter, the angel told the women that Jesus would go ahead of them to Galilee. They were to go tell the disciples that they would see Jesus there. Yes, but what about us? Where do we see Jesus? Now, when the women went to the tomb to honor Jesus, as we read just a second ago in Mark 16, they found the tomb empty with a young man telling them that they were to go and tell the disciples and that they would see Jesus in Galilee. But think about it. What would it take for these women, for these disciples to go to Galilee? It takes trust. The women, they trust this young man who they see sitting in the tomb. They trust then to go and to go tell the apostles and disciples. And then these apostles and disciples, they trust the witness of the women who came and told them everything they had seen. We hear later in scripture that Jesus appears in their midst. But think about it. What caused them to stay together? It was trust. And through trust, they waited. We read in the scriptures that they are afraid, but if they were terrified without, without trust, they would have fled. They would have run away. They would have scattered. But yet here they are, gathered together, waiting in trust to see Jesus. And while we face the terror of a sinful world, as we see natural disaster, human disaster, and plague on our news daily, we do not flee, but we remain waiting and trusting. But what could motivate us to wait and trust? God has blessed us with the gift of faith. In faith, we trust in the Lord's death and resurrection for us. We trust that it means for us forgiveness and life. We trust that it means that all the things of this world cannot take us from the hand of God. We trust that this work for us is done for us to save us. And still to this day in faith, we wait for Jesus. And even though we do not see him, Jesus himself says to us in John chapter 20, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. But sometimes we need to see to believe. Where can we see Jesus? So I keep on talking about trust. And trust is the, the easy definition that I like to use for faith. Really, it is quite difficult for us to trust the things that we cannot see. It's difficult for us to trust the things we cannot test. We test the ground with our feet. We test things with our hands. It would be quite silly if we heard of a person going and buying a new vehicle without seeing it first. When you think of trust falls, where you fall back into the arms of a friend... Would you just fall backwards, not knowing if anyone was there? Or would you need to hear the voice of someone first? 
we often need to test what we put our trust in. But when the Lord visits us, it is in spirit. How do we possibly see him? We see him as we serve him. And it's a very strange thing. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense, unfortunately. Yet when you live as God has called you to live, as his child, when you live that life of love and service to all the people of the world, when you visit and care for those who are sick and in prison, in times like these when you call on the lonely, when you stay faithful to your Lord, this is when we see him. We know him when we live as his redeemed children. When, just as Jesus did, we love the last and the least, we will see him, just as he reminds us in Matthew 25, that you will see me in the least of these. Sometimes, Lord, we need guidance. We need your wisdom and advice. How will we know you're leading then? How do we know? By faith. Everything comes to us by faith, by trusting in him. But yet the question of how will we know is the question we ask. We want to know how this faith will come to us. Faith is putting our trust in God, but how do we know we can put our trust in that trust? How do we know we can see this? How do we know we can receive this? This Jesus who we haven't seen, how do we know we can trust him? Why, even, would we put our trust in him? But this is where God reveals to us who he is, his character, that he is generous, loving, wonderful. Not only has he gone to the cross for us, has he died for us, has he risen for us, not only has he released us from sin and from death, but he also comes to us individually in many ways, in many unique ways, so that we might hear him, see him, and know him. And this he does through the helper, the promised helper of the Holy Spirit. And then through the Holy Spirit, we are led to faith. He calls us in so many different ways to help us to know him, to, give, to be given his wisdom. We are led to all the things needed for this life and the life to come. Just because Jesus has died and is risen and is ascended into heaven does not mean that we are abandoned or left alone. We are not abandoned or orphaned as Jesus says in John 14, that I will not leave you orphaned. Thank you, Lord, for sending us your Holy Spirit. But how will the world know? How will they see Christ? So we personally have trust in God. We, through faith, know that God has redeemed us, saved us, and has life waiting for us. But yet there are all those who do not yet know. And we know that without God, they have nothing. 
But just as you and I have been promised that we will not be left alone, God has not left them alone. God has not stopped reaching out to them, calling them in the various places of life, calling them to come to him and have life eternal. When we see God in our works, our acts of love and mercy, our generosity, this is how we see God. So how will the world see God? Through us. We are blessed by God to partner with him in the works that he has given us. That we are not just doing these things just to be good people, but to be reflections of him. We join with God in sharing his love to the world, calling sinners to change their lives and be made new in God to receive all of his gifts, to be baptized, to receive the gifts of the altar, to know God, to know Jesus, and to have hope. As we turn to scripture, we see many places where God has called us to partner with him in this. Paul writes, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. That is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Then we also hear, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We hear that from Acts chapter 1. And then finally, from John 14, Jesus says to us, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into your body, the church. What a wonderful task you have entrusted to us to embody you in the world. But we need your strength to do this. Our eyes need to be opened. How will we know you? By faith. By God, by his Holy Spirit, by his presence, and then by being his presence by being his hands, his feet, his love, by really being a holy mirror that reflects him to the world in order that the world might know him. But think about it. In order for a mirror to best reflect, it needs to be cleaned and polished. Those streaks need to be removed, and the same comes for us. As we reflect God, we must be clean. And God has done this by removing our sins, purifying us. But we also need polish. We need to remove those unsightly streaks that are in our lives. And we polish ourselves through God's word. In this word, God comes to us even more and blesses us by his spirit to lead us through his word to know who he is to know what he has done, and to know how God has partnered not only with the rebellious people of Israel, but even us as a rebellious people, that he might bring about his purposes. 
but we also get to see how God has entered into creation as one of us. We get to see how he lived a life of perfection. We get to see how his suffering, death, and resurrection, how that means life for us. As we read earlier from Paul in, in 1 Corinthians, it all depends on this resurrection. All of this depends on him. And so we put our trust in this, giving hope so that we might be able to look forward to the future and know that this risen God keeps his word. And we know this in his word as God reveals it to us. And so we must daily be in this word. We must daily hear our God speaking to us and see how he has been at work. We must learn about him. We must learn how he has called us to live. Right after this resurrection, we see Jesus walking with a couple of men on the road to Emmaus. And playfully, he asks them, what are they talking about? And they say that they are talking about this Jesus who was crucified, and yet these men just don't seem to understand that Jesus is standing right with them. But Jesus opens the scriptures to them so that they might understand everything that has happened. All of these things happen so that we might know Jesus and know that the scriptures speak of him and of his resurrection. It's as if Jesus is speaking to us too when we hear in Luke chapter 24, you will know me through the word. Amen, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.